Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Audrey Rinlisbacher, author of The Mission Driven Life and founder of The Mission Driven Mom. Thank you so much for sharing out the podcast and for listening and for reviewing it. The growth is really picking up speed and it's so fun to watch. And you know, it mainly makes me excited for the moms that are involved because it means the expansion of our community and it means more and more support and connection and finding ways to discover gifts and mission and use them to serve our families and communities. It's really so exciting. As you may know, in the Mission Driven Mom Mastermind Facebook group, we do a practice which has just whittled down to Mondays now, and we're going through the Mission Driven Life book. It's still available in audio format on the website, will be for maybe another month or two, and that will be it. So if you want that, go grab it at themissiondrivenmom.com. But because it's available in that format and because uh, it was available in hard copy at the event last year, we haven't sold it in hard copy yet because we're getting the new book cover made, <laughs> doing a little editing on it, but it will be made public in the next couple months as well and you can buy a hard copy of it. We are going through that book in the mastermind group. And so every Monday we get on and we talk about one of the principles and then we kind of discuss it all week and practice it together and it's really cool. And a few weeks ago, I can't even remember what we were talking about, but one of the moms got on and she asked a question about expectations. And she said, are expectations a bad thing? And then she started to talk about how she felt like having certain expectations had been somewhat damaging for her and maybe why that was. And then other people made comments around it. And it was a really interesting discussion. And so I have kind of been thinking about it ever since, thinking about what it means to expect something and to have expectations and whether or not that's a healthy thing. So one of the situations that I got thinking about much more deeply is kind of my homeschooling journey and my efforts to build a family culture. So I did not grow up reading books. I mean, I suppose I read books for school, but it wasn't really a thing at my house. I never read Narnia. I never read Little House. I didn't really know that they existed. I didn't have a joy of really learning. I got into the private university I wanted to get into, and that was great. But even there, I wandered around without knowing much about what I wanted to study. And so, you know, I knew that I wanted to infuse you know, Christian principles in my home and that that was going to be the bedrock of how we raised our family. Other than that, I didn't have a lot of ideas about culture, except that in college, I had started studying art history a little bit because it was interesting to me. And I got really excited about cultural things. So I learned a lot about art and about the history of music. And I fell in love with classical music and classical art and it was really a fun time. So that was one thing I thought, you know, I don't see a lot of that around me. And I 
want more of that in my life. It's enriching, it's ennobling, I really love it. And I also knew, in fact, I found a journal recently from back in my college days where I was talking specifically about how I did not want to have the TV on all the time in my home. That I just felt like that was a distraction that took me and other family members away from better things that we could be doing with our time. And so I actually talked to my husband about that while we were dating and he agreed that we, if we had a TV in the home, we should keep it behind kind of closed doors or do something. So we've never subscribed to TV or cable or any of that kind of stuff. We've had a TV on and off, but it's really only been consumed via videos we purchase. So the point is I had some ideas kind of around the kind of family I'd like to have how I'd like to raise my kids, but a few years in, I got introduced to the idea of homeschooling. I had seen a couple families when I was younger. They didn't seem all that great, and so I wasn't really excited about it. But then I went to a conference with my sister-in-law, and we went to a class on games, and it really changed my whole thinking about education because she just had all these stacks of different kinds of games all over and she showed us how you could teach virtually any subject with games and how she and her kids spent a large part of their day playing games for school. Now, while I don't think that that's necessarily really viable for everyone or you can really capture the real essence of education that way, it really did change the way I was thinking. So. Long story short, there were a handful of factors. Eventually, I decided that we would try homeschooling. And I saw it as a way to try to infuse my home with these classical elements. I had a few motivations. One was to try to bring together the secular and the religion, the secular and the spiritual, because that's really disconnected in our culture. And I felt like it was really important for my children to see that pretty much everything is spiritual, that we're, you know, always motivated and run on our deepest values. You can't divorce them from what you're learning, that kind of thing. And I had another really deep motivation, and it was that here I was. I never did finish graduating from that school. Later on, I transferred and finished my bachelor's degree somewhere else. But I didn't really know who I was in terms of my gifts and talents and what I would do besides kind of being a mom. I had had ideas about, oh, maybe I could be an attorney, maybe I could be an architect. You know, I had had these fleeting thoughts, but I never believed I could do it. I never had the confidence. I didn't really have a really strong support system. And so I would just brush them aside and not pursue that at all. So I wanted to try to find a way to help my children discover their gifts and be able to do what they loved in adulthood and have a better sense of self. My husband was the same way. He didn't really know what he was really good at either. So I felt like school had failed me and I wanted these things for my family. And I just dove in with all my heart. Like I was really willing to do whatever I needed to do. I went to conferences, I took classes, I studied my heart out and I stayed at home full time. I really put my kids first. 
I would listen to them as we would try to talk things through. We tried lots of different like lessons and options. And I just tried to really hold to these things that were important to me, to these values. And I was really faithful in my spiritual practices and tried to pass those on to my kids. But what's interesting to me now, as I look back, <laughs> is that as this went on, I mean, we're, I don't know, 25 years into this journey, right? It's really 20 years for sure in the homeschooling journey. My oldest is 25 and I, it has not been, don't get the wrong idea. I feel like sometimes when we say homeschooling, people think that means everybody at home all the time, K through 12. And that's not what it looked like at all. It was every once in a while, a public school, if that needed to happen for a child, definitely some private schools, some charter schools, some homeschool co-ops. Like there were a handful of different things that went on for different kids at different times. And we were just trying to be conscientious about that. But I really became entrenched and kind of enculturated in certain beliefs. Like even that I had to qualify that I wasn't like a hardcore homeschooler because there are certain underlying values and beliefs in any kind of pursuit. And there definitely are in the homeschooling world. And there are certain values that are kind of held up. And in certain circles, this isn't the case all the time with everyone, but there, there can be this perception about, you know, we're the more devoted parents, we're the better parents, we're the more conscientious, we're doing a better job than other parents, you know, kind of prideful. And, and I, I that got caught up in that at times. And, you know, if they're not home K through 12 all the time, then you're not really a homeschooler or just whatever those things are. And I adopted some misbeliefs that I didn't really understand were taking hold. And I judged myself according to this really, really high bar that I set for myself. And I wanted, you know, I was going to be smart enough and good enough to execute the perfect homeschool. And even now I'll tell people that, you know, there are plenty of other people out there. And it is true that are better homeschoolers than me. Sometimes I feel a little sheepish if I speak at like a homeschooling event, because I'm kind of like, I don't know, I, some of you are probably better at this than me. <laughs> But the bottom line is, in terms of expectations, I look back now and realize I had some very unrealistic expectations. Like, I'm ashamed, kind of ashamed to say at this point that I would have ever been disappointed in myself or my kids, but I have been. And there's been pain and frustration and disappointment around several different aspects of this perfect life, perfect culture, perfect homeschool I was going to create. And I recognize that it's because I took something good and over time I developed more and more expectations that were increasingly unrealistic and I placed them on myself and on my family and it just made us all unhappy. And even now, as they become adults and they're in their adult lives, I recognize I butt up against those regularly. Like, I'll, I'll be making judgments about certain, I mean, they're such good people. Like, all they do is do good things. But it doesn't match some expectation that I developed somewhere along the line. And I, at some point, thought, I guess, that 
I could control everyone and that I could control the outcome and that I could decide what it was all going to mean and what it was going to eventually look like and how everybody was going to adopt it. And unfortunately, it became really unhealthy, you know, to the point where I'm thinking, well, I know better than you about, you know, how you should live or who you should be or whatever the case was. And it's simply not true. I let myself get negative and disappointed. And I let myself see evidence, quote, evidence of my, quote, failure because I had set these expectations that were just, some of them were just dumb and ridiculous. Part of my problem was comparison. You know, this person didn't homeschool. Why do they seem to have like these better outcomes that I'm feeling jealous about right now? Or they did homeschool and clearly they did a better job because they look happier on Facebook. (laughs) You You never know how people are feeling, but it's so tough to be honest and clear about these expectations. And I would ask myself disempowering and destructive questions based on these unhealthy comparisons and these unhealthy expectations. And you know, there have been times when, and I don't know if I would say this to myself in exactly this way, but the essence of what I would feel would go something like, well, if I can't guarantee an outcome with all these sacrifices I'm making, then why would I bother? I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but it is really like so depressing, so negative, so deflating. Like it'll just, I mean, you just poke a pin in yourself and all the air is gone. All the excitement, all the energy is just instantly gone when you decide that You had this expectation and you haven't arrived at that moment where this expectation is met. And so your efforts didn't mean anything and the whole thing was pointless or whatever. So I want to just talk to you about something that I've done and I'm doing to turn this around. Because when you look up the word expectation or expect, it means that you have good reason to believe that something will happen. But it doesn't mean that you have good reason to believe that everybody's going to do exactly what you want them to do all the time or what you think is best for them, regardless of what they think is best for them. Does that make sense? And what I've learned is that I cannot focus on outcomes, especially where it regards people. Like, I cannot expect that my behavior is going to make anybody do anything. I can only control me. I had to decide that I was doing this for certain specific reasons that didn't have anything to do with these certain expectations. Like, well, you know, if if doing this specific thing, you know, if reading to my kids every day means that they don't read every day, well then that's a big fat failure, you know? What I've learned 
that really helps to quell these unhealthy expectations is if I focus on the process and enjoying the journey. The right reason to do anything is because you're enjoying, because it's worthwhile, because it's the right thing to do. And the journey is worthwhile. The process is worthwhile. The ongoing growth is worthwhile. Now I want to be clear when I'm talking expectations, this has nothing to do with visualization has nothing to do with goal setting or certain outcomes that you want in your own personal life. Those are all within the realm of things that you can control. When it starts to become expectations, it's about things that are outside the realm of your control or maybe things that you want that you're visualizing or whatever that haven't happened yet. So you set up this certain time frame, and when you don't get it, then you just give up. What I started doing that's been so helpful for me is asking myself, first of all, why am I doing this? So I went back to this homeschooling journey and I asked myself, why did I actually do it? Did I do it because it was going to guarantee that every single month my family had a book club or because, um, you know, all of my children finished college and got a degree? Like, what was I doing it for? Why did I start? And when I go back to those original reasons why I started, I see that it worked because you know what I'm focusing on? I'm focusing on my core values. I'm not focusing on, it's gonna end up looking exactly like this picture I have in my mind and everybody's just gonna conform and do all the things that I want and I can control the whole situation. It's, I had a set of values that I infused into my family and now they honor those values too. Values like the importance of a strong, integrous character or the value of lifelong learning or the importance of discovering and developing your personal gifts. I can say that all of my children embrace those things, understand their importance and are trying to live accordingly. It doesn't mean that every, again, it doesn't mean that every child is always going to embrace even some of the core values that they taught that can't be what you expect. You have to focus on why you're doing it. Why am I doing it? I'm doing it because I believe it's right. I'm doing it because it helps me to grow. I'm doing it because I'm enjoying the process. We're learning to read together. We're spending time together. We're discovering gifts together. We're making connections between the secular and the spiritual. All those things that I wanted to actually do that I visualized doing that were things that I could do and that I could control. All those things happened and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I think that they enjoyed it too. We had a great time. Are we all the better for it? Of course, we're much better for it than having not done it. What would it look like had we not done it? Then the second most important and maybe the most important question that I ask myself when I realize that I'm feeling frustrated, angry, disappointed, 
whatever it is, and it's because of an unmet expectation. Somebody's behaving some way that I don't like. This wasn't the expectation. This wasn't what's supposed to happen. I remember who I did it for. So let's say, for example, that I take food to a poor family and they don't like the meal. Did I fail? Or I give money to a man on the street and he uses it to buy more alcohol. Was that a failure? Should I not have done it? Let's say I teach someone to read and they never pick up a book. Should I not have taught them to read? Have I failed? And these kinds of questions have been so helpful for me. I do what I do for me and for God. And that's pretty much it. Whoever else would like to join me on the journey is welcome. But the values that, were, that, that I embraced, that I felt were good, honorable values, I strove to pass on to my children. Whether or not they latched on to them, whether or not they're their core values, now they've had to adopt their own core values, right? But if they don't, does that mean that I shouldn't have done it? If I don't have the results that I thought I was guaranteeing myself, because that's really what it came down to is, I told myself so many times, and I didn't even realize I was doing this, I told myself, well, if I do this, it's gonna guarantee some certain outcome. It's not. It didn't, and it won't. That's where the expectations really become dangerous. Because I think that when I behave in a certain way, everybody else is gonna behave in a certain way, and I can't control that. I can't control them. I can only control me. And so I show God that I love him when I listen to my conscience and obey it and when I serve his children. That's what love really is. Loving myself, all those things that we do in the academy, all those wonderful actions of of self-mastery to better love ourselves, trying to bring my own self in alignment with principles. You know, we had Mother's Day recently and all my kids got on a Zoom call because we're kind of all over and it was wonderful to see us all in the same space talking. It had been a little while and my daughter that's like 23, everybody was saying something nice about me, which was nice. And she said, I think it's really admirable that you strive to, to discover and live according to principles. So she gets it. Now, she does that too, but she admires that in me. So I definitely have passed it on in terms of I've communicated what's important to me. I've communicated how I live my life. I've communicated what I think is important. But am I, am I going to stop doing it if she doesn't find principles and live according to them? Is it not worthwhile if somebody else doesn't do it? Of course not. My sister, um, Sherdy, and I interviewed her in the Facebook group recently. And I was talking to her about her time raising her children. And something that she mentioned was just how hard it was financially. They got married before her husband had a degree in an established career. And she had gone to like a semester of college. And she wanted to have children and stay home with them. And he wanted to make that possible for her. And that was their dream. And that's what, that's what she wanted to do and felt right about doing. And so they made tremendous sacrifices. She said at one point, 
her husband was working two jobs and going to school and they had one car and like, I don't know, three or four kids. And it was really, really tough. And she emphasized that over and over again. It was so hard. And she said, but it was worth it. And so out of curiosity, I asked her, well, why was it worth it? And she said something so simple and so profound. She said, because I have no regrets. She said, I was very far from a perfect mom. I did a lot of things wrong. But I knew that I wanted to have children and I wanted to raise them the best I could and I wanted to be there for them. That's what felt right to me. Those were the true principles I wanted to align myself with. And I don't have to look back and wonder if things might have been different if I would have done that. I don't have any regrets. And it really was so valuable for me because I have struggled with expectations. And I really, one thing that I've realized is I've said often the last few years that parenting adult children has been so much harder for me than anything that came before. It's been a rough few years. But the truth is I've created most of that myself. And that's what I've come to realize is that I participated in creating my own angst and frustration and, and emotional upset because I spent all those years telling myself, oh, this is exactly what it's going to look like. And when, when reality didn't exactly match what those expectations were that I laid on everybody, then I was all upset. But when I stand back, when I let go of those and I stand back and I ask, who did I do it for and why did I do it? And who are these amazing people in my family that I love that are living great lives? Then that all just melts away. And I don't feel any of that angst anymore. It was really those, those unrealistic expectations that were so dangerous to my own peace of mind. Instead of just letting go and knowing what I did, why I did it, and who I did it for, and the rest will just be what, the, what it's going to be. And they're going to go out and live their lives, and they're tremendously wonderful people. And I have no right to try to fit them in a box and tell them how I think they ought to live their lives and what decisions they ought to make and, and, and what they ought to do. It's up to them. It's their story to write. It's their journey to be on. And I'm just grateful to be on the, on, on, on the journey with them just grateful that they're my best friends and that we're close and that we love each other and that we call each other and and ultimately you know what's the alternative <laughs> not be a truth seeker not try to be my best not not try things with all my heart not listen to my conscience tell myself well if if I could just get the same result with less effort, I'll just do that. Cut corners. That's not any kind of an alternative I, I even want to consider. And, you know, I was thinking, too, I love the book The Last Battle. It's in our academy for many reasons. And it's interesting because they lose the battle. And I've thought a lot about it. I've thought, you know, so much of life is kind of like a battle, kind of like this good and evil battle. And I would I, if I knew, for example, that we were going to lose the battle, would I just not put on my armor? 
Would I not train my troops? Would I not infuse them with the best knowledge I possibly could? Would I not prepare? Of course I would. So because I am going to live with myself, you know, Jane Eyre said this so beautifully. She said, principles are for the times when our emotions are out of control. And she said, even if no one knew the step I'm going to take when she doesn't go to live with Rochester and she leaves him, she says, no one would know if I stayed with him and we lived together because I have no family or friends and no one would care. And then she says, but I would care because I have to live with me because I want to respect myself. And I want to know that I listen to my conscience and do what I know is right. And that's really the conclusion that I've come to having really thought about this expectations question for the last couple months is that ultimately I have no right to tell other people how they need to live their lives. I only have duties I need to perform and I have a conscience I need to obey. And I have one person, Audrey, who I'm responsible for completely. And I've got to make her the best she can be. And if I'm not on the journey to do that, if I'm going to decide that because I don't see certain outcomes right this moment, because my expectations I think aren't being met in some particular regard, then I don't like it and I'm going to quit, what kind of person am I? Because, you know, even though we had a great time homeschooling, and even though we have all these precious memories, and even though I really have seen phenomenal results in the characters of my children and the kind of lives that they're living, the biggest beneficiary of all of it was me. It changed me. I'm the one that got to learn from my children and build deep, meaningful relationships with them. And could we have done that without homeschooling? Of course we could have. But doing homeschooling alongside them and being so conscientious and aware about education and educational principles put me on a path to make my own education a huge priority. And through that education, I gained tools and learned all about principles and was able to fashion my character to such a heightened degree and like myself more and more and control my thoughts and control my emotions and make more principled decisions and then have greater influence with my family because most of all, I know how to love better. And that love extends to the people that I serve everywhere I serve, especially at the Mission Driven Mom, which is my primary place of service outside my home. And I, there's so much joy in sharing out the truths that I learned that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't embarked on this journey that I felt like God wanted me on. And so I've made new resolves to be very, very careful about the beliefs that I adopt and be very careful about the people that I listen to and be very, very, very careful about the expectations I set. I can't expect anything from anyone. They don't owe me anything. What I can do is envision and be full of faith and hope and intention about what I am creating and I can be a creator and I've said this many times before this has been so empowering for me and I see now so clearly 
how distinctly different having, you know, having a vision and holding that and moving toward predetermined goals for myself and accomplishing those and the fulfillment that brings, I see how different, how starkly different that is to expectations. Because when I'm envisioning, I'm in control of me and I'm spiritually creating for my life, the things that are under my control. And when I have expectations, you know what? They usually involve other people. Other people are supposed to do certain things and behave in certain ways and I just can't control them. So that's my little two cents on expectations. My recommendation and challenge to all of us is to really take some time to evaluate and try to be honest about what expectations we've set about what we think other people should be like. I think we do this to our husbands. We see other husbands and we, quote, expect our husband to be a certain way. And he's not that way. That's not who we married. And, and we're constantly beating him up because he's supposed to be different. And that's not who he is. And we won't accept him for who he is. Or we expect our children to head on certain paths that aren't right for them. And so then we, you know, do damaging things and we don't forgive or we don't love wholeheartedly or whatever it is that we're doing. And that doesn't mean that we don't have values and we don't live according to principles and we don't hold people to standards. Of course we do. But it does mean that we're accepting instead of setting expectations. So think about ways that you can set aside your expectations of people and learn to be more accepting of them and of yourself. And everything I've said about expectations and others applies to ourselves as well. We can set unhealthy expectations of ourselves. And so we wanna be realistic about what those are and get rid of them and start envisioning and start creating from a place of faith and hope. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope this information was helpful. Please join the Mission Driven Mom Mastermind Facebook group if you haven't already so that you can comment, share insights around this podcast with us and we can continue the discussion there. So grateful for the opportunity to share out insights with you. I hope it's helpful. If you have particular topics that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, pop them into that Facebook group as well. Or you can email us at info at themissiondrivenmom.com. If there are particular questions you'd like me to answer in a Q&A podcast, I can do that as well. Otherwise, thanks for joining me and I will see you next time.